right, everybody. Welcome for another week on Megasheen, your podcast about geeky and crazy things from a queer Black perspective. I'm Victor. And I'm Nick. And we're here. <laughs> and we have a very special guest, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Would you like to introduce yourself, Steph? I sure would. Hey, y'all. It's been a long time. It's yeah. nice to be back. Yes. She don't come. She don't come through our hood no more. That's right. <laughs> no. <laughs> I I'm very happy to be back though, because it's been it's been a while since I've like really podcasted. So um, this is nice. This is nice hood to come visit. You know, on my little uh, I guess world tour. Okay, world tour. <laughs> That if you don't know, this is Stephanie Williams, uh, Twitter terrorist, uh, comic book. (laughs) You know, I had to get that out there. Uh, Twitter, uh, what a comic book head. I mean, what aren't you doing? I know. Um, I am minding my business. That I I am. I know that's right. (laughs) All right. But um, just just a little bit of that, and since I'm not podcasting, just you know, trying to exercise um, the muscles that I use tight with. Um, so I've been writing a lot for sci-fi fan girls and dinner geeks and stuff. So that's been fun. But that's that's it. And you know, just not terrorizing y'all on the timeline. Just really just trying to make sure that you are aware of certain things, like Thanos and board shorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I saw that, but I'm not gonna lie. It was it was kind of attractive to me. I don't know. I I do find that hey, attractive. And right. I know, so that is why I put that on the timeline because I know I, I'm you know I'm a woman of the people, and I knew that that would that would be something that someone wanted. So that's that's all I did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we appreciate it. We do. I, thank you. Thank yeah. you. So let's catch up. Uh, Victor, what has been going on? What, what have you been up to since the last time we uh, talked? Well, I was at WonderCon. WonderCon was great. Um, WonderCon is always kind of that, it's like a nice laid back swap meet version of Comic Con where it's, uh, it's, it's not the swap meet. <laughs> it's not too much, um, but it's fun. Um, we had a good time, a um, couple of panels, and I met some people who, who read Strange Lore, and that was really enduring, and talking with them. I'm still not used to that, and I'm not really used to people say, oh, I like it, and this was so great. Like, that's so weird to me. So, But I appreciate it, and I was so happy to talk with people. I think one of the best moments was when a mom bought my book for her, um, her, her, her kid, um, and I think her kid was... Um, non-binary um, and they the mom was just like really excited about this and it's like I'm so glad and it's a black person <laughs> and I kind of laughed but it was really nice um, so that was a very good moment um, and um, we're getting ready for Comic-Con San Diego already um, so I submitted a couple of panels for that and I'm about to start co-editing this book. We have a book called Crush, 
um, a queer anthology coming out and I am learning how to edit. So that is, that's what I'm doing right now. Nick, what are you up to? Um, job hunting. I've uh, started rewatching uh, Into the Badlands, mm-hmm. mainly because I want to see Louis Stan. And secondly, because of the fight scenes. Um, what else? I've been rewatching Girlfriends. So, I mean, we can just go ahead and into Girlfriends for like forever. But um, the CWC has some of the episodes. They don't have all of them and they're not in order, which irritates the shit out of me. Um, but other than that, not really much has been going on. I still haven't seen us because I'm waiting on somebody who's always busy sewing. But he shall not be named. Uh, what else? Getting ready for um, coronation come June. You know, I already have to get my my three looks together for the weekend. Because um, I'm going to be killing these hoes. I mean, if not me, who? Uh, <laughs> what else? I... Do you remember that movie, The Substitute? I think it was Tom... Oh, gosh, what was his name? Tom something. And uh, I was watching that. And I was like, this is this wasn't that bad. It was like that time in the 90s where they were always trying to do those gritty high school um, movies, like Dangerous Minds, but except Michelle Pfeiffer's character isn't uh, a Special Arms Forces mercenary. Um, it was, it was, it was it. That I guess that's all I can say about the movie. Um, what else? Really, that's about it. Finally canceled cable. Thank God, because Miss Girl was charging too goddamn much. Right, like Miss Girl, it shouldn't cost me all this money to bundle cable, internet, and a home phone that I haven't used since 1992. <laughs> they love adding a, a damn landline. I'm like, ain't nobody using that. Don't they? <laughs> <laughs> I know of only two folks that got a landline. My mom and the White House. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You know, I was over to my grandparents and I heard the like the landline ring and I said, "What is that?" And that was that was like the first time I'd heard a landline. You know, other than being like at work or something, but I was like, right. "Oh, we can do that." Okay. Come on, relics. Shoot, <laughs> and if it's a uh, a rotary, get out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> shoot, them motherfucking phones got to go through switchboards and whatnot. But yeah, that's what I've been up to. Uh, Steph, how about you? What you been up to? Um, I haven't been... Well, you know what? Let me not say it. I'm online. So um, I finally left that job that had all them cockroaches that y'all used to see me posting about. Yes. Yeah, so I finally got the, got the hell up out of there. Um, actually had to block my boss because she was blowing my phone up. The girl who took over the week that I left only lasted a week and a half. Oh. I was like, ooh. Good luck to y'all. 
Yeah. <laughs> so um, that was funny. And then when the engineer for the microscope came out to um, fix it, because he like texted me like, hey, did you know it was this out of whack? I'm like, no, nah, girl, I haven't been there in like two weeks. And then he was cracking up and he was just like, huh, figures. That's why it's all messed up. And I'm like, yep. So God bless and good luck. So that was nice. Um, it was petty, but it made me feel really good. Um, so that, um, there's a Kickstarter that will be launching soon for a comic book that I feel like I've been working on and writing for the last year now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Braxton is coming. Um, actually going through the edits now. Shout out to Shannon Miller from Nerds of Prey. She's really excellent at that. So, um, that Kickstarter will be launching. We were thinking April, but it's looking more like May and probably should be May because April is, I guess we'll get into it. Uh, not very good for memories about Kickstarter. So, uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> so that <laughs> and, you know, just, um, again, like, um, you know, kind of trying to build my confidence for writing and stuff and writing for sci-fi fan girls, which has been fun because it's allowed me to still talk about the comic book stuff that I want to and other things. So, that's been it. And again, minding my damn business because that is how you live a long, prosperous, don't get your blood pressure up unnecessarily life. Mm-hmm. I need to do that more. I need to. It's hard. It is. It is. <laughs> I mean, is it hard? Sometimes. You know, when, you know, when, you, when, you love, when you love mess, it's, it's kind of hard sometimes. Yeah. But you know what? Let me say this. Um, I have been minding my business, but I have been observing mess quietly. So mm-hmm. maybe I, I maybe I'm not totally minding my business, but I'm just not putting my input in where it don't need to be. Well, when the mess is like in an open form, then you have no choice but to observe and oh, of course, because that's what I do a lot, especially when uh, people like to post that. Um, well, certain queens who don't pay for their uh, garments that were made all of a sudden Ooh. says, oh, um, it's funny how you can't pay for stuff. I was like, let's you be judged, honey, because we can roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> Ooh. See? And there you go. It's just, it's, it boggles my mind. Yeah. But that is a whole different story. I'll take that <laughs> offline. But pay your bills. If you owe somebody, well, hold on. Pay people <laughs> that <clears throat> pay people that you know are uh, trying to make a business. Right. Yep. Amen. Now these credit card companies and Navient and Stanley May, I'll get to them when I get to them. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> Navient like that's been coming up a lot. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I heard somebody else talking about that. That's long ago. Like, who is some dad yet? But well, they were. Um, what were they? They were Sally May, and then they changed, or they uh, bought them. Navient bought Sally May, or whatever. They went through some kind of restructuring. But yeah, I know too much loan, about these fucking businesses. Yeah. <laughs> my student loan company called me. They was like, "Are you gonna pay?" I was like, "I I will tomorrow or when I feel like it." I like to let them know. Like sometimes I do it when I feel like it because maybe I don't want to spend money on this right now <laughs> like i shouldn't be like that i didn't say that right. like, i want to spend can i spend I was like can i just pay y'all this this month and it was like uh, well 
okay? I was like, because I was like, I, I got to pay for my hotel rooms at Comic-Con, so I'll give you all this, and then you get the rest next check. Mm-mm. You just negotiate your own deal. <laughs> I'm going right. to do. At the end of the day, <laughs> they can't do anything. Right. right. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not the only one not paying y'all, so, I mean, you know, let's just all figure it out. Yeah. But it's not about to get figured out from my pocket, so... That's true. See y'all in the upper room because maybe I can give you some of my riches in heaven, but that's about as close as y'all can get to getting paid. Mm-hmm. Well, I love the uh, the uh, messages or the uh, phone calls. When can we expect payment? I'm like, you can expect payment any day. Now, <laughs> if you're going to get them, that's a whole different story. That's what I'm saying. Wait. Like, don't be calling and me trying to go me. what day? I know, right. right. Oh. If I don't got it, I don't have it. And even if I do have it, I still got other stuff to pay. Well, you right. can be super rude and be like, when you know, when I when you when they ask about when accepting payment, you can be like, when I expect to get some dick. You can just be kind of ugly. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being. I'm just being honest. I was there. When I'm going to get some payment or whenever I get some dick, then you can get some payment. But, you know, you can be like that. You can be rude. But, you know, don't be really rude. But, you know, sometimes you just feel like just being honest with them sometimes. Yeah. Because call center word, I tell you, some of the stories of call centers, I feel like every Black person has either worked in a call center or in food industry. Mm. Or customer yeah. service, which we're not apt to be in customer service. Black folks should not, that should be a part of reparations. We should not be working <laughs> in customer service. It's not fair. It's not. No, you're you right about that. You are exactly right about that. Because the minute they know you Black, they are quick to go try to find that manager. And mm-hmm. I'm just saying. <laughs> I had one story. Um, I was working at this call center. And this um, woman, she had called about some claims, and she was all she was all huffy and puffy. She's like, "Y'all haven't uh, paid this claim," and yada yada yada. And you know how white women are. She's just doing the most with the very least. And I was like, "Okay, bitch, um, I'll put you on hold, and let me do some research." So I came up. You know, everything was there. And she starts crying on me. I was like, okay, what was all that energy last before when I put you on hold because you was ready to box. Now you crying like a little punk. I'm like, don't do that. Keep that same energy. Oh, that's my favorite thing to do. I'm like, girl. I'm like, where are these tears coming from? Right? Ugh. Well, <laughs> let's go ahead and pull out the uh, tray and get into some Aunt May's tea. All righty. So what do we have first to talk about? Let's talk about <laughs> the fail of these in-game tickets. <laughs> Girl. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you what I did. So when I seen the girls struggling, to get their tickets. I said, oh no, AMC, Fandango, I'm good. Let me see what my local <laughs> smaller theater has one. So I pretty much walked 
well, I didn't walk, but let's just pretend like one line was actually walking up somewhere. So I walked in, <laughs> um, <laughs> selected my ticket. Uh, all the seats were available uh, and paid. And I was in and out in five minutes for, um, thanks to studiomoviegirl.com. And then when I got back on Twitter, I was like, ooh. <laughs> I'm like an hour wait. I'm like, oh Lord. Um, Basically, y'all waiting in line. <laughs> right. <laughs> y'all waiting in line. I'm like, the rapture gonna come. You got a better chance of that happening before you have <laughs> the ticket. I'm so sorry. I'm I am deeply sorry for everybody who had to deal with that. I'm not waiting for no tickets in line or in a virtual line for no <laughs> damn movie. Let's get that. <laughs> I don't care if I can see Chris Evans and uh, Hemsworth's uh, ping. I'm not waiting in line for all that. So I didn't get tickets for Thursday, Friday, or Saturday because, you know, I got to wait on somebody. Anyway, I was hearing stories of people, um, they were crying at they worked this because they couldn't get tickets. Oh, I said... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, y'all calm down. Calm down. This is not um, a ticket to get into heaven. This is not a ticket to get all your student debt uh, erased. This is not a ticket to... Willy Wonka. A Willy Wonka or a Beyonce t- uh, concert. It is a ticket to a movie. Right. So calm down. Which you will be able to see. That's why I was sitting there like, what are y'all... Acting People are like, just mad because they're probably going to get spoiled on uh, social media. I was like, well, yeah. just stay away from it. <laughs> like, that's not, <laughs> like, all you got to do is, like, maybe don't open the app. I mean, like, it's not that deep. It's not. Are we just bad Marvel fans? I don't no. Know. We got other shit to worry about. True. Maybe. Because, I mean, even with the, like, I'm, I'm going to... Part of the reason why I just want to see Endgame is because I've seen all the other damn movies. I'm just like, okay, well, I got to finish it. But um, the emotional weight of it, um, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, okay, girl, whatever. But can we get an intermission? Because I'm not trying to sit here for three whole hours to watch y'all die slowly. Right? (laughs) I'm like, three hours? Okay, so I'm going to have, like, nothing no kind of water, no soda. I'm just gonna have popcorn, and my throat is just gonna get closed all the way up because of that song. That's that's. I know. <laughs> and then for people to say like, "Well, none of y'all moved like y'all, you know, probably didn't go to like church like that." I'm like, none of y'all was going. None of you niggas was going to the bathroom during church. I'm mm. find <laughs> an excuse <laughs> to go to the bathroom whenever I could when I was at church. I knew we was gonna be there all day. I was mm-hmm. not sitting in that pew. From 8 a.m. or 7 a.m. all the way to 3. No, ma'am. And then somebody got the nerve to say, take your time, preacher. Like, excuse me. And I was kissing boys in the bathroom at church. So, Okay, okay, Victor. All right. So let's go ahead and wrap up uh, the whole show. We'll see y'all next week. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I, I, I did feel bad for the girls because I knew they were trying to get these tickets. And you know I'm about to y'all about to hit me with illusionist, but with our clothes, <laughs> you know, we we hoes didn't have to worry about that because what they do is email you say, hey girl, 
reserve your tickets today. Are you ready? I'm like, yeah, I'm ready, girl. And I went and reserved my little ticket. Me and my friend Peter got our little tickets. And we was like, okay. And like Steph said, within about five minutes, just sitting pretty. And then I was watching everybody fall apart. So yeah, I felt a little bad for putting up a tweet like, you know, while y'all doing this, I already got my tickets. I was in the bed when I got my tickets. So <laughs> <laughs> I was just getting up to go to CrossFit. I was like, oh, thank you, Miss Arclight, for letting me know about these tickets. And I felt bad. Um, my, now, I had another friend who was being rude, talking about how, like, well, you know, the commenters. And I was like, you know, that's, I'm not going to go there. But, you know, every big town or small town, to some degree, needs to have a place, a good theater that's going to be ready to take care of the Patriots. And I'm just like, they knew that was coming. And I think some of the smaller theaters was like, we know it's in-game coming. We need to make sure we're ready to go. It's still sad that Fandango and AMC was just not prepared. That is just mm-hmm. an epic fail. Right. And they should have done better than that. And they should have took note from Arclight or the Alamo Draft House to just have this stuff ready to go. This was ridiculous. That's true. And I saw people were reselling tickets on eBay for like $2,500 and $5,000. I said, okay, you are a whole ass fool if you pay for them them damn tickets. I said, Like, it's not even, because it's not like you you have to see this movie within the first three days of its release, and then it just goes away. Like, you do still have time. If you don't want to hear about spoilers, don't open the damn app. I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. Or, like, use mute, mute words, mute the hashtags, whatever you got to do to keep yourself from seeing it. But I just, um. That was amazing to me that those tickets sold in the manner in which they did. Because I'm just like, wow, like y'all really trying to see this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I don't get it either. But yeah. sure. And I kind of feel bad for you know the DC universe. I bet they're sitting around like that could have been us. Like they could have, they were probably sitting there. <laughs> Like, Ooh, and I finally watched Aquaman last night. Ooh, what did you think? Um, I did not hate it. I thought it was fine. Um, it was a mess because James Wan pretty much said, I'm gonna give y'all all the genres. So <laughs> it went from superhero movie to like uh that movie Sahara with um what was that Matthew McConaughey? Then it turned into a, like a horror film, and it was it was a mismatch of stuff. I will say that I did appreciate the happy ending at the end because I don't know the last time I've like really watched a comic book movie with such a not even like a fairy tale ending, but like a nice Disney type ending to it. If that makes sense, uh, I guess no, because yeah, because the mama and the mama was still alive. I don't know why I thought. Um, she was gone, and when her and the dad got back together, I was like, "Oh my god!" So they kept, this is so sweet. Yeah. And I'm like, he's got his, he got his mama and his daddy back together. His orb's still alive. They can reconcile. They can figure it out. Maybe going Iliana. Like they got it together. <laughs> like this is nice. <laughs> I was happy. Yeah. So I thought it was, I thought it was fine. 
I, I'm not going to knock it. I, th- I thought it was good. I do want to see uh, uh, Shazam, though. I yeah. want to see that. Because I heard Megan Good was in it, and I wonder if her eyebrows got electricity in it. I just want to know. Oh, right. <laughs> Why did you do that? What? <laughs> I'm bad because you said Sahara, and that was... I'm hurt. It did feel like they put in everything. I feel like I was getting... What's that? Scorpion King... The Mummy, yeah. Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. I was like, y'all trying to put everything in this goddamn movie. I was like, good lord. But I didn't you mind, didn't mind it. Like, you know, Jason running around, that's good. You know, that was fine. Even Orm could have got it too. You know, both of them too. And Black Manor, that could have been. You know what? I don't remember <laughs> Patrick Wilson being so fine until last night when I watched him. I said, huh. Yeah. Man's four, maybe. Okay. He has a nice butt too. You have to Google his butt. Well, anyway, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm doing that right now. Okay. <laughs> Lord. Because you get to see it. I thought it was good, though. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Well, let's see. What else? We got Umbrella Academy. They've been renewed for a second season. I'll be honest. I'm. I guess I'll look at it. But right now, it's almost like how Sabrina is to me. It's it'll be in the background, and I'll look up and be like, "Oh, okay." But you know, I, the second season is coming. Maybe the second season a little bit better. I just felt like I was watching a, a tethered version of the X Men when I watched the first season. Well, I yeah. haven't watched it yet. I'm still, y'all know my cues are all over the damn place, so. And I'm real good for starting the show and then falling off six, seven episodes in and then not not finishing. So that's kind of what happened with the Umbrella Academy. I finished episode, I think it was eight. Um, and I just have not finished it yet. Not because I don't necessarily want to, but it's just a lot of stuff to watch. And I just be jumping all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> that's very true. But yeah, they have a second season. Um, hopefully it will be pretty good. Um, I don't know. I'll look at it. I'll, you know, I'll give the first two and if it ain't good, I'll let it go. Like I did Sabrina. So, um, cause I'm watching the new Sabrina now and I'm just like, okay, y'all kind of still doing the same old stuff. So I'm gonna take a break. <laughs> oh, well, then this, you know, I'm only watching Sabrina for prudence and, uh, what was the uh, the father? Um, oh God, what was his name? Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. But yeah, and uh, her cousin. Yeah, they they in there causing trouble. It's just it just feels like a little bit of the same as the first season. Like I feel like I'm still watching the first. Like when I watched the first episode, I didn't realize I watched two because they kind of blended in, and I got and it was like, wow, that was two. How did that happen? <laughs> So, but that's just me. I'm not gonna spoil it. So, y'all, and you know, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But yeah, yeah. well, all right. <laughs> so, what else we got? Um, so that Joker trailer that was uh, released. Um, uh, I'm gonna let y'all start. I actually, I actually liked it. To a degree. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, just looking at it at surface level, 
I did like it, and I didn't know that it was an Atlanta crossover, so that was surprising. So I guess <laughs> that part kind of <laughs> that part kind of had me, you know, raise my eyebrows and say, "Huh, I guess I do want to see this." But um, you know, as things get deeper, it's just kind of like uh, this movie and what is it going to say and what's going to happen and how are we going to think pieces to death. So I mean, I'm. I'm open to seeing it if I'm not doing anything else that weekend and, <laughs> you know, a coupon or, you know, five dollar Tuesday or something like that. But I don't mind seeing it. Like, I don't, I don't hate it, I guess, is what I should say. Mm-hmm. Victor, yeah, what about I you? It. I mean, when I saw it, it was like, I don't like this whole bully thing. Like, oh, he, he was looking at him getting beat up and. Because I, I yeah. don't really think of the Joker that way. And even when, if you read The Killing Joke, that wasn't really, you know, where he was going. It was more of tragedy to kind of turn him into what he is. But and maybe there is some tragedy in this. But <laughs> Steph, you're right. It does feel like it is Atlanta Cross. Which, it's interesting because it could be. You think about that whole Teddy Perkins episode. But mm-hmm. it did make me think a little bit like, okay, this is kind of a, this could have been, you know, it could have been a full season of, uh, <laughs> Atlanta, but um, you know, it looks like it'll be interesting to see how this goes across. But I kind of want you know the DCEU to be just take a moment to kind of get a grasp of their universe because I feel like they're just doing everything right now. You know, you got the DC Direct and you got CW and you got all these things, and I feel like their worlds are so out here that it's hard to like wrangle it in or to see a good pattern. And so I'm interested to see if this will be a part of the universe or not. Cause they will say, no, don't put, we won't make it a part of the universe. And then later, well, it is like they did that with DC direct. They were saying like, it's not a part of the DC universe, but it is part of the DC universe. So I, I just want to know what they're going to do with it, but I am fascinated with what this can, can be. I I don't have a need to see another Joker movie or whatever this thing is going to be. Um some of the what what I heard on social media is this is not actually Joker, the Joker that we know. This is a person that influenced the Joker. Which okay, I can see that. Um, cause there was a shot of the little, a little boy and a lot of people thought that that was a young Bruce Wayne, which, okay, it could be. I don't like this humanizing of Joker. I thought mm-hmm. that was very odd. Mm-hmm. And with DC's universe, they said back in 2017 that they're, they're abandoning this whole, their expanded universe. So now they're just going to do these one-off shots and none of them are going to be interconnected, which I think the fans want to see that connectivity. So like you said, Victor, I think they need to take a step back and actually get all of their stuff together to do something because at this, what they are doing right now doesn't make any sense. 
But I know Joaquin Phoenix, he's a good actor. Yeah. Uh, I just... I don't have the time to deal with another movie of a white man's problems. That's very true. And it was giving me very falling down uh, aspects. If you remember that movie with uh, Michael Douglas back in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I just... I don't have a need for it. It ain't for me. But you girls can have fun with it. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, that is. This is... Eh, okay. And, and I guess the, the thing, too, is just like, you know, um, they already have that other Joker movie. You got this. And then all of the Batmans and all of that is just kind of like, y'all don't... Like, DC has a number of characters that could hold their own. It would be interesting enough for movies, even villains, if that's just what they want to do. And it's kind of like, why y'all keep going back to the same girl? Right. Why do a Clayface uh, origin story? Right. Or, or somebody like, a, or Mr. Or Free. Or Solomon Grundy. Or, yeah, or Solomon Grundy. Like, don't be so hung up on the old faithfuls. Like, y'all did Aquaman, and Aqua, everybody loves to rack on Aquaman, him and his fish. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> take a... I just don't understand. True. Like they and it's funny because you look at it, they their biggest success has been movies they didn't believe in almost. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, well, we've seen a lot of the bat universe. We know the bat universe. Let's just kind of again, as Steph was saying, they have a whole world to play with. We can get some Vixen stuff. We can get some um we get some other, you know, the, like a young, well, young, well, they got Young Justice, but they can actually make that more, you know, kind of a live version. They have so many other things to do, so many other villains to play with, like the the Royal Flush Gang. That'll be fun to see them live. Like, you know, it's just things they can just really get into. They can do it. And right. Like a Dr. Fate or a Zentana, like make like a, a magician type story arc so the possibilities are out there you know you just can't help everybody like i said everybody ain't able and we can't help anybody that can't help themselves very true this is true it's just wild that um because they have all these you know characters and stuff available that they just keep going back to that pool but i mean i don't know maybe they'll figure it out i hope I hope so too because I've uh, I've I love DC's characters and I always thought that they were more even though I'm a Marvel stan DC has a better human side to their stories. Mhm. And I no. feel like that would lend itself better in a theatrical movie. So I'm, that's just why I'm hoping that with Ava's. Um, so what is it going to be called? Is it the? Is it the? Um, the new gods. Is it not, yeah, the new gods. Okay, I don't know. I was thinking about forever people, but um, yeah, like I'm hoping with. <laughs> I'm hoping with that um, that they do lean into uh, Big Barda and Miss and Scott Free, 
yeah. and their relationship because um, just with Jack Kirby, the foundation that he laid with that was just beautiful. Like all his shit is really well written and beautiful. But just that that their relationship is what I wish um, Storm Black Panthers would have been. And mm-hmm. I say that because Barda is still allowed to be Barda. Yeah. But she still has a moment of vulnerability and like you know that she loves Scott and Scott really loves her. And um, you know, the problem with Black Panther and Storm is a lot of times like you really felt like his country definitely came before him. I mean before her. Yeah. And um she was often sometimes minimized and not really allowed to be, you know, the storm that we know. Also, for T'Challa to grow up in society that I would imagine that women, um, like they doesn't subscribe to patriarchy in any kind of, I mean, in, in, a, in the same way that American culture does. Um, some of the stuff that he would do, I'm just kind of like, um, where the hell did you learn that? So anyway, Beans I'm about to go on a tangent. I'm <laughs> about <But>, um, <laughs> to go on a tangent, but I just kind of, um, when I think of relationships, I just made me think of that. Like that's, kind of what I wish their relationship was more similar to. And maybe if Kirby would have continued to write Black Panther and Storm was introduced, maybe we would have gotten that. I don't know. But um, anyway, bringing it back to DC, I hope that, that Ava does a job, I mean, does kind of focus on their um, relationship in that aspect of them, like, you know, surviving granny goodness and going through um, the abuse that that entailed and everything, but still finding a way to find beauty in each other and love each other in that way because um, they, they shared that common ground because Barta wouldn't have none of that. Scott, um, you know, being able to move past what happened when they were with, um, you know, um, oh my God, I just forgot a name and I just said it. Um, granny goodness. And uh, the sacrifice that he was willing to make is what uh, brought her over and said, huh, I do have feelings for you and I want to leave here and join you on Earth. So anyway, I can talk all day about them, but that would be a nice jumping point for DC. Um, if I think they've already done this with Shazam, but to really just continue to do what they have been doing, which is bringing different elements to the movies, because you can say what you want to about DC movies, but the last uh, even with Aquaman, um, that family, that happy family aspect was really nice to see in a super, a comic book movie because we don't really got to get that, get that in Captain Marvel a little bit, but, um, but yeah. Okay. My land is yeah. over. <laughs> I mean, it, it was spot on per usual. <sighs> it's just do better. They got please. the stories. Yeah, they, y'all got the damn stories. Do better. Jesus, it's yeah, right there. Right. <laughs> it's already written. It's already written for you. You don't have to write anything else. You just have to... It's like when you uh somebody's copying copying you in a uh, test and they still yeah. uh, get the wrong answer. I'm like, damn, bitch, what are you... <laughs> it's right there. You didn't have to do anything. Maybe change you know, a couple words around or something so it don't look like direct copying, but it was right. It was right there. <sighs> Y'all gonna learn one day. <sighs> one day. Hopefully one day soon. Right. Well, speaking of somebody needs to learn. Come on, Segway. <laughs> <laughs> our our fame is still out here 
with some words, you know, about Storm and, you know, her future and with Storm. <laughs> Light, bright feelings. Yes. I just, why won't she just go quietly into the night? That good night. So I don't know who are we talking about, uh, Victor. <laughs> Alexandra Ship. Um, so she, I, I him remember who she was interviewed by, but she was talking about how she didn't want Storm and and Black Panther together, which I agree. And she yeah. was talking about you know that and how she should be doing these things and everything else. And I was sitting here going, okay. I appreciate you giving your your commentary, but I still want you to know that we have not changed our views about who should be playing her. And I hope you realize that it's not going to be you. Now, it's interesting because there is a new counter argument, because if y'all if y'all kind of checked it out this week, Disney did release what they're going to be putting out very soon. And they did list Dark Phoenix and New Mutants under their roster. Well, that's interesting because Dark Phoenix is supposed to be coming out in June and it's still technically, I don't know how the the contracts work or whatever, but if Fox already has, says that they're going to do it and it's labeled for June, is it still technically Fox or is it still tech or, or is it under Disney and Marvel now? It's under Disney's. It's wheelhouse because it's their property-ish, but they still have, and I need to probably look at this a bit more in detail, but they still, I think some of the the pieces of Fox still run under them, under them. Yeah. So I think they're just like, okay, we're going to kind of continue your pieces. It's more like we're going to run it out until it's done and then go from there. But at the same time, Disney won't lose any money if this movie does bad because they, they didn't make it, it's just under their stuff at this point. If that makes sense, <laughs> which it don't, but it just feels like a lot. But yeah, um, but anyway, she was on, she's talked again. And I'm just like, I don't, Hallie doesn't even talk that much about Storm. And she did it more than she than, than Alexandria did. And I'm like, when it's funny when Hallie says stuff, she's like, I'm glad I was able to play the role. It was fun. And that's all Hallie was saying. And she just keeps it moving. The power of a soundbite. Yes, just right. you know, Hallie be out here in the in, in the desert or in the in the jungle looking beautiful as if she will never be 50 years old, even though she is. And goes about her day minding her business. But this young lady still wants to keep talking. Where's her publicist? I don't know. It's like, girl, just just be quiet. And you know what? Has she not? Has she really, you know, been a little hush-hush? Or when folks were saying, like, hey, we need to recast Storm as a darkest woman and so on. If she would have possibly championed for that or at least said, like, I get what y'all saying and blase blase then i don't i mean i don't know if i was to be calling for her head let me for her uh to drop that role like that you know what i mean like i feel like um you know if they disney would decide to keep her on we probably would have been like hmm, 
y'all still fucking up but also at the same time i guess it's okay but she just got real ugly with it with the crayola shit and mm-hmm. everything else and just kind of like girl what why <laughs> like why there was just no there was just no reasoning like we know that the script I mean, whatever lines and stuff that they gave you were bad anyway, so it was only so much you could possibly do with it. But also, like, if you just would have, you know, been quiet. Yeah, right. <laughs> we wouldn't, you know, we would have, we probably would have let you rock for just a little bit more because she was right about her reasoning for Storm and BP not wanting to be together. So she got a little bit of sense, just not enough. Yeah. You know who she would have been good to play? Who? Shard. Uh. Oh, yes. Because, you know, she's a little on the waffle-colored side. So mm-hmm. I think that would have quelled those colorism talks. Mm-hmm. And I think she's young enough to be that um, snarky kind of character that I think Shard is. Mm-hmm. But Storm is not yeah. you, honey. No. She's I don't know which Raven Simone you went to to tell you that lie. <laughs> <coughs> but that ain't it, honey. But yeah, she should just be like, hey, I played her. It was fun. And just leave it alone. Follow mm-hmm. what Hallie is doing. You know, just be like, it was fun. And just keep moving. Just keep moving. You don't need to jump on here, show you and your mama and Right. What was that? Oh like, Lord! That mom was, was like, "What the fuck did I get myself into?" Like, <laughs> oh Lord! Alexandra went to Dion Warwick's. Uh, her uh, <laughs> her uh, her line is said, uh, "You gonna tell me that I'm gonna be playing uh, Storm forever?" And Dion Warwick's uh, psychic hotline said yes. And you see that lie. See that lie, y'all. And the sad thing is that tweet that she has about y'all about the, y'all think they're going to replace or whatever with Storm, that's still up. I'm like, you should have removed that. Again, oh, your, your people should have been like, let's remove this right now. I would have, if I was her publicist, I was like, look, you are not paying me enough to be dealing with this bullshit. I know, that's right. I know. You got, we got other young black girls coming up. The young girl from um, Us is super popular about to be Nalia on uh, uh, Lion King. That I'll be like, look, I can go over here and work for her. If you can't get this mess together, come on. But are they like a dying breed or something? Is there something that the people that are not in Hollywood don't know about this drought of publicists? Because people have been going left and right and saying stuff all out the way. Do you remember that time Rebel Wilson was uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. crazy and then she blocked us? I was like, girl, you and your ass. Wait, y'all got, uh, got blocked by Rebel? Ah, we got blocked by her, and then we got unblocked. I'm like, girl, you could have kept that. That is so bizarre. That is funny. I was like, you're not oh, that funny. Well, well, what I do know, um, one of my coworkers, his girlfriend was a publicist. It's a hard job. Yeah. Because you have to, like, be on, it's like you're at the beck and call. You have to be 
ready to go. You have to make sure they can speak, you know, in complete sentences. It's all these things they have to do. Like I remember when she was explaining it, she was, um, I can't say one of her clients, but she was working with a particular person because um, she first started working with reality pe- reality show people. And she was like, and she said, I can't tell you how many times we have to sit the person down in a, in a, in a very small room to be like, bitch, you can't say this. You can't do this. You don't need to be trying to show your, your, your stuff today. You can't do all this. You got to do that because the company says this and then the person turn around and do it anyway. So it's like, and then you get in trouble because it's like, did you not tell them not to do this? And you're like, I told them. So it's a hard job unless you like get screamed at, which I don't. I'm not screaming at me. We fighting. And you got to pay me at least 80000 a year to get screamed at. And you have to be cute, too. You can't be ugly screaming at me. Doc, because if you see that novelty of you being cute and yelling at me is going to wear off quick. And right. then I'm going to ask you to meet me in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to beat the brakes off. So that's why it helps you to be cute. So I can be like, you know what? I'm going to take it because I'm getting 80 a year and you cute. And I can fantasize about this, but you, you got a few times more to do it. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's all we got for Aunt Mace T. Was there anything else that we missed or that went under the radar or did y'all want to discuss before we head into the king size issue? No, but Beyonce just dropped um, her Netflix thing on Homecoming. So that is real. I well, remember she did have a deal with Netflix. Yeah, you're right. Okay, well. And yeah. Netflix just dropped this thing that says Homecoming. And now hold on, did they Netflix drop it or again. did they announce it? Well, it didn't say her name. It just said Homecoming. And it says April 17th. April 17th. Okay. So if you look at it, a lot of it speculating about Beyonce and that, and, and that stuff, well, it, you get those clothes again, which has always been on sale, but it's still out there. So if you want to get that sweatshirt for $100. Hey, all my bills are paid. I can pay for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I got some spending money. Sure. I, you know, I thought about that. I, was, I, I have, I did have, I have the boycott Beyonce t-shirt from the concert, which people would occasionally stop me and be like, why are you boycotting Beyonce? I'm like, bitch, why are you asking grown folks questions? But oh. <laughs> I was like, was it a concert you would know? And I have the jacket from the Lemonade Tour, but I haven't, that jacket just sits here in its closet in the plastic. So I don't know if I want to keep buying stuff because I don't know what to do with it. So I'm gonna quit doing it. I might get the t-shirt for posterity. Sure. Yeah, I guess. So you can tell the the next generations to come that I was here. Well, that's true. I really want one of those sweatshirts, but I also do not want to spend all that money. So I'm gonna continue to pray on it. Right. I can make one for like a champion sweatshirt and some. Uh, some little stuff from the Joann's uh-huh. make me a Beyonce sweatshirt. <laughs> it ain't gonna be a Beyonce sweatshirt. But. <laughs> well, folks are doing that and trying to sell it on eBay. I do remember that. So I will say, don't do that. See, so folks are just so silly. 
Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get into the king size issue because <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Yes. So I've noticed in the few, I would say, past at least six months that Black geek culture has almost become its own its own issue or its own monster. And when I say its own monster, as far as being the gatekeepers that we tried so hard to not be, or we're turning into the white gatekeepers of our own people. And I just want to get your all's view of, I would say the past couple of years that geek culture has like been rampant. Have you seen like a change in how people are perceived or how people are treated in the geek uh, community? Um, yeah. Um, most definitely. I would say that really in the last year more so, um, there has been a shift. So, um, there was like a, a void. I, I mean, I don't even, I guess, no, I guess I'll call it what it is. And it was a, a bit of a void. So then you had like this, this thing where there was space for folks to kind of now take up. And by doing so, I noticed some of the gatekeeping aspects really started to creep up. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's more so um, because just, I don't know, just trying to make sure that the, the, the second go around or really trying to vet who, um, you know, we're going to have a voice out there, which I believe everybody's voice can be out there. There is, an, there is enough room at the table. If not, we'll make another table. But there is enough room for everybody to, you know, kind of be at the forefront and for the voices to be heard. But also at the same time, trying to, I guess, vet and make sure that um, this go around, that it was genuine and authentic. But at the same time, when you are trying to vet that, it does come across as gatekeeping. And that is not always fair, if that makes sense. And it's kind of, um, it's complicated, I guess, is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to get to. But I have definitely noticed that there has been a shift and that there has been a change. And it hasn't all been for the better in that it has been very reflective of uh, white geek spaces, which is the whole purpose of us creating our own space because we couldn't get space there. So it's been, um, it's been frustrating, I'll say that, and also a little um, disheartening, uh, but there has been some positives to come out of it, but overall, I'm you know, a little leery of the direction that it's kind of, uh, of the, black geek space and nerd space and where where it's going because it's that whole thing of it's not enough seats but there is enough seats mm-hmm. like we all can be here in this space like we don't have to run up on 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 each other or you know i don't know i just don't i'm not really a fan of it right, right now like, i guess that's the best way for me to really sum it up yeah and i and i agree with you i feel like 
I've always come into this as there's enough room for all of us because we all bring in different things and we all have a different way of approaching this. And our experiences are all different. So why can't we look at this as, yes, with us, you know, the nuance of how we are coming into this should not really destroy, you know, what the whole, the, the, I believe the end all purpose is for us is to be, is to be heard and to be respected in this genre. Or, or to have our work to be respected and seen in this genre. But I think sometimes people have gotten so caught up in the fame of it all. Um, and you're right, you know, once you get into white faces, you get into the white level, it feels like some people are forgetting, like, oh, okay, I'm up here now, so the rest of y'all can joke. And I'm just like, that's not how it should be. It should be that we uplift each other, that we celebrate each other that we make sure that we become a very powerful foundation that we cannot be ignored by any form or any way, but we still respect each other in this process. And I have noticed certain people when they have gotten up there, things start going completely crazy. You know what I mean? Like way people are treated, how, you know, like it's no longer this group is that person and this group. It, it, it literally, go, it goes from the Supremes to Diana Ross and the Supremes. And I don't want that to, to continue. I want us all to get up to a level where it's like, okay, we're all here. Let's keep bringing more of us up here. Um, gatekeepers, that is, I, I understand where people may think, well, I'm the gatekeeper, but I also want people to be like, you stay in your lane in this role of being a gatekeeper. Like you, you stay in the lane that you are well known in. Don't try to jump in everybody's lane if that makes any sense. Just try to be Ooh. strong Ooh. in your lane and support others in this whole process. You just said a word. Okay, there's been a lot of lanes mm-hmm. <laughs> And you mentioned something, Victor, about the people who have more or less, quote-unquote, made it and then forgot how they got there. Because we'll just say, let's get it right into it, because April is right around that time where Universal FanCon is going to be the one-year anniversary here soon. Mm -hmm. So a lot of those people that were in charge, I feel, and this is just personally for me, felt that they were so above quote-unquote us that they forgot where they came from almost definitely yeah most definitely and that's why what happened happened the way that it did because of that hubris yeah and they betrayed that I, i i understand some people still are not over it and I can empathize with that. However, there's at some point you're gonna to have to let that hurt go. Yeah. Or know how to like redirect it into something positive. Because if this was an ex that you were talking about, then you would seem borderline obsessed. So now I just feel like some people are harping on it, which I I agree. There's still some uh, unanswered questions about it. But I don't know. 
I feel some people are just fixated on it. And that fixation can be, it can lead to somewhere that they probably don't want to go. Yeah, and I think it brings up another thing, which I don't mean this in a malicious way or anything like that, but, um, you know, having something to like plant your, your flag on, I guess, in a way, like your mountaintop for you to like always champion and be loud about. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, you know, like people do that. Like sometimes we do that. Everyone does it at some point. But, um, you know, a lot of people have seen like other folks get, um, I guess, get on by being loud and very vocal about an issue. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, um, and that in itself um, is exhausting. Um, and I, I really do not understand or see how some folks are able to keep that energy up all the time because it's just, it's exhausting. Um, but I think a part of that it is that. I think it's because FanCon is that thing that um, you can use as your, um, I guess, soapbox, so to speak, right? Um, the soapbox, a war cry, you know. <laughs> yeah, and and I get it. Like that's just that is just sometimes it's what some people just kind of gravitate towards that and hold on to it, never actually moving past it, or like you said, taking that energy and putting it towards something else, or maybe putting it towards, um, you know, I don't know, not starting their own version of fan con or anything like that, but you know, what I mean, like channeling that energy in another space, like creating their own space or trying to fill some of the void that was left or you know what I mean or whatever but just staying stagnant in that anger um I get everybody you know deals and processes with stuff differently but I just my heart kind of goes out to them because I'm like that's got to be exhausting yeah it's got to be exhausting to be to be stagnant in that anger of what happened and not really move past it yeah yeah I, I agree with that. I think, and it's interesting because, yeah, we all process this this thing differently. And for, I think for some people, because they don't really have that outlet, that would have been a big outlet for them, you know? Um, and I yeah. think, like I think of, you know, if I was still living in Union City, Tennessee, and I didn't know any other Black geek person, and if I was still feeling like that only one you know, out there, because I can imagine you could be living somewhere and you're the only black person who's in these things and you really wanted to be in that space. And that was a big letdown. But I do agree that you have to figure out a a, a time and a place to be like, okay, you know what? I got to move on because I got to take care of me. You mentioned girlfriends earlier, Nick, when Jones said, I have to, I have to save myself. That's why it's like, sometimes you have to be like, okay, I gotta save myself. I'm driving myself crazy over this. And I think when this went down, I said to myself, I'm going to have my feel about it. I'm going to let it go. Cause I got other things I got to do. I can't, I can't harbor this negativity for so long. I got to deal with it, move on and handle my business. Um, and I think, I think for all of us to move forward, you do have to figure out to do that. Yeah. Talk about it. I'm, I'm sure Twitter is going to be lit that weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. 
about it and that's fine but i just hope that people have kind of made some peace with it um to a sense that it's more of okay i was pissed but you know i'm gonna move on but then again you know at the same i mean i can pick on myself because i'm like i'm still you know a little i have a, i still have i feel still feel still i can't even talk today still <laughs> feel a certain way about you know when i was nine and my cousin had a skate ring party and i didn't so I understand you can still hold some stuff, but don't let it take over you. I think that right. it might be best to just move forward and look at it this way. The people who cause this issue, they will always have this as the part of their legacy. No matter how they rise, they will always have this. And that sometimes gives me peace. <laughs> that it's like, but you always have to answer for that for the rest of your life. You always have to answer for that. And I would no, not want that. No. I, and, and honestly, like, I really didn't even, don't even know how um, you can sit with that just because nothing was ever answered. It's not like, um, wasn't there a con or something that was canceled recently? I think it was uh, video games or something like that uh, where yeah, uh, didn't meet the, what was it? I think it was in New York or somewhere. I don't know, but there was a some kind of con and they aired out everything. And it was like, mm-hmm. that's you have to be transparent, especially when people who are already marginalized feel that if my own people don't have my back, then where can I go? Exactly. And I, I mean, we could talk about this all day, but had that situation been a lot more transparent than what it was, then, um, you know, that fracture wouldn't have been so large and it possibly would have had, you know, some ability to heal in some way. Mm-hmm. But it was just left like real ugly, like a really terrible breakup that you just did not see coming. And then the person that broke up with you was like, well, whatever you deal with it, I'm gone. Right. I'm sorry that it uh you let me to do this or something crazy ass answer like that. And it 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 hurts even more cuz you know as an affiliate, Megan Sheen was kind of in we were behind the scenes, but we weren't really behind the scenes. We weren't in with like the financials and all of that stuff. So yeah. for us to get more or less betrayed like that it hurt i i will be honest with you. it hurt me really bad because a lot of those people that were in those positions i looked up to and mm-hmm. they were a reason why that i went to victor to start making so yeah. to have that kind of trust evaporated like it was it it didn't sit well with me for a really long time. No, that's fair. And then um, for me at that time, because that's actually the first time I really like talked about it, talked about it, but I just went to DC, the Kennedy Center for um, MKUA podcast or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is like, this is, you know, this is going in a positive direction. There's a bunch of other stuff that I want to do with this podcast. I want to go for. 
And then to have this happen, was it the same week I got back? I think it was. I think it was uh-huh. the week that I got back and I was just like, what in the, like, what the hell, what just happened? Mm-hmm. So, um, it was just, um, it was just a really shitty experience to just go from, again, when I lost, it pales comparison with some other people lost, but also at the same time, like, I really loved that podcast. It was like no way, shape, or form that it could have continued the way that it did with the other person that did the podcast was taking no accountability and no ownership or anything like that. And then also, it got me to thinking about some other stuff that in my gut, was telling me was a little off or you know you should be paying attention more but I didn't because you want to see the best in people yeah. and um once that happened I was like well should have listened no like those alarms were going those off alarms, they were going off and like something you know our guts are always right it's just that you know it's up to us to listen so a lot of times that we don't and it was I got confirmation on things that I did not that I honestly didn't want to have confirmation on. I wanted to be long about it, but unfortunately, that 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 uh that was not the case. So and that hurts. Um, it does. And I spent maybe like a a week or two upset about that. And then I had stuff at my job going on. My coworker left. So then y'all know the whole thing with that. I was working by myself. So it was a lot like last year. Um, the fan con falling that that was a kickstart. Not saying that that was a cause of a lot of stuff that I had going on in my life, but that was just like the um, I go back to that and that's like ground zero mm-hmm. because it just feels like everything that was going on um, started with that and um, just continued. So, in a way, um, fan con for me it, it worked out because I was able to thankfully land somewhere else um on my own merit and be able to channel that energy in another way and figure out my you know figure out what I'm going to do from that but I mean I can only imagine how that was for other people trying to do it with it but that didn't land that you know didn't land somewhere else and weren't able to challenge the I mean channel that energy in the way that they they needed to because maybe it's not because they didn't want to it's just that they just really didn't have the the space and the capacity to do so yeah mm-hmm. and i think it was you know it's interesting because i, I want to go back when you were saying go back to when you were saying you want to believe in the best in people and i mm-hmm. think that's the thing with you know when it comes down to our to our community we we should try to do our best and realize that it's bigger than just us and that's mm-hmm. something i try to do is I have to remember it's bigger than me. All this is bigger than me. Um, when I created my book, when uh, when I do Megasheen, when I go anywhere and talk about this, I'm always like, you can take my name out of it. This is bigger than me. I want someone to have the experience. I want them to have a great time. I want them to feel like they have a place, a sense of belonging somewhere. I don't really care if you put my name on the marquee. It's more about making sure someone has a good time. And for example, when I do panels and when I'm getting guests to be on the panels, even though I'm hosting it, I'm like, okay, here's everything about them. Who's this? This is me. 
I did this. Okay, let's talk about my guests. I'm like, let's talk about them. Let's talk about all the great things they're doing. When people are asking me about, you know, you know, you want, can you look at my stuff? What do you think about this? I'm like, yes, because I want you to feel that somebody's looking out for you. And, and I also want people to feel like that I'm not going to, I don't want them to think I'm going to do them dirty. And I know everybody, people have those thoughts in the back of their minds. You can't stop that. But I want to do everything in my power to never give someone that, that, that feeling, you know? And I feel like as a community, especially the blurred community, we already are dealing with so much of that stuff triggering us every day. So mm-hmm. I think the best that we can do is make sure that someone is coming in feeling at least safe and comfortable and expressing themselves, creating, being open and just being free, being themselves. They really want to be. We, I think that is our job is to make sure if we want to call each, you know, call folks gatekeepers that is the job of the gatekeeper they need to make sure that people are coming in feeling great and we're providing them information in good times and we are you know just keeping it moving but we should never get to a point where it gets where it's we become the monsters we become the people that we try to run away from Mm -hmm. it should never get that way and i'll never forget and i'm not even gonna say his name but the minute that he did an interview and had the audacity to say that, you know, a community that betrayed him or what was, I can't remember what was that phrase? A non-existent community. That, that pissed me off. That took me out because I was like, okay, so we gave you money. We hyped you up. We supported you. And because of this, this is how we are treated. And I was thinking then, okay, then you was not equipped to be a leader. You was not equipped to be a gatekeeper because what a leader would have done is would have said, I effed up. I let my people down. I'm stepping away from this, but I hope someone do a better job than my stupid ass did. I'm not going to lie. When I saw that, I remember I had came, I came home from work. And I was looking at Twitter and I saw that and I cried. I said, I, I just thought to myself, how could you go to, uh, come to us asking for our support, our money, our faith and our trust. And then when it doesn't go that way, when it goes, doesn't go the way that we all had planned, then you say that we weren't there for you. Like that was like so it, it hurt a lot. And I I don't think I can forgive that person for what they said. Like just the the heartlessness to say that. And then it just makes you wonder like were you ever even genuine to begin with? Because I just don't know how um, your love for the community can come from a genuine place and still allow you to say something like that. Right. <sighs> yeah. So, so what do we do? So to make sure another failed fan con doesn't happen or we don't turn into the monsters that we try not to be, as far as our white counterparts, what should black geeks do to ensure that our community is able to be for everybody? 
I think remembering that despite <laughs> what it looks like, there is enough room at the table. Or we make another table, but we make room. There is more than enough room because as Victor said, we all come from different backgrounds, different experiences, and those experiences allow us to bring something different. So remembering that, um, keeping one another accountable um, when we can and being transparent. You know, I, I think transparency is, is really important, especially in a community um, space that um, as, is as intimate as ours is. Um, I think that transparency is important. And I mean, you know, I guess, I guess the biggest thing, and I got to go back to this, is that there is enough room. Because when we start to think that there isn't, that is when we get into these gatekeeper mindsets or feeling as though, um, you know, so-and-so didn't give you credit on blah, 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 because you were the first person or that's what you're well known for saying and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there is... We're, we're, we're here for one another, and um, I think we just need to always keep that in mind, um, because if we're not here for us, nobody else is going to be, and we just really need to keep keep that in mind. I know it's easier said than done, but like that's, I feel like, to me personally, like that's the only way, that's, that's what separates us from that white space. Um, because of just how intimate our community is, because of our shared experiences and our different experiences, but um, our shared experiences with dealing with them. So, um, I don't know, transparency, remembering that there is enough room, and just trying to uplift and hold each other accountable as much as we can. Yes. I also think that we also should be humble. Um, one mm -hmm. of the things that I'm learning just from this whole Strange Lore trip is I am very fortunate. The only reason why this book exists is because people believed in it. And I have to remember that without people believing in that, believing in me, this book wouldn't even be out. So I have to keep my mind down to, um, to a level of I will have to always be appreciative of the people. People got me where I am with this. You know, the people were the ones who believed in this enough to get me to do another one, to even get me um, opportunities to, you know, visit, you know, to take meetings about it. And so I have to always be humble about that. I can't sit up here and I don't know if y'all remember in the different world when Kim was singing at the nightclub, and then when she got really popular, she starts showing up in the fur coat and everything and stuff like that. I can't, I can't do stuff like that. I have to, I have to remember the people got me here. I have to respect that, and I have to respect the fact that they helped me get here. I can't act like I'm better than them because I started there, mm -hmm. and I have yeah. to. And the ones who are coming up and doing stuff, I will support them. Steph supported me. I'm going to support Steph. There are other, you know, like when, when we see each other with Kickstarter campaigns and everything, put in some money, help each other out there because we only will get there when we help each other. We make it when we do our best for each other. And that's why I feel like that's going to always be the key for me. And I think it, it could be the key for others is to stay humble and support each other. And remember, it's always bigger than you. This will be here. This was here before us. It will be here after us. 
the best thing we can do is just keep that to keep it going and to keep mm-hmm. it positive and keep people believe and you know help people believe in themselves too i think that's something that we don't really think that much about but again as people of color and black people we have been told the opposite for so long we need to always try to help uplift each other and to keep each other believing in themselves because only then that's when we become better. I can't help but to think about Jordan Peele and, and, and the fact of his success in the horror world has flipped it up and down the table. While we still get this trash ass horror stuff that we get, here he is giving us super quality stuff, but he probably wouldn't have done that if somebody didn't tell, didn't believe in him and keep him, you know, hyped up and keep him aware of the fact that he's a black man who can make these, uh, make these things happen. And that's, to me, that's fuel to be like, no, there's people out here that we can flip all this around. And so, yeah, I'm always support and I'm always stay humble about it. You know, if Strange Lord became a movie on Netflix, I'm still going to be, wearing sweatpants, going to Target, going to Bath and Body Works, smelling the new lotions. And I won't act as if I'm better. <laughs> I mean, I'm already bougie, but I'm not going to act any more bougier than I already am. You know what I mean? I'm going to still be talking to people. People can still DM me, and I'm going to still try to help. <laughs> and I think to piggyback off that, um, supporting a monetary support is only one aspect. Like a simple retweet, a simple like, a simple, hey, go check out this person or this person's work. Mm-hmm. That goes a long way. And I mean, you all are spot on as far as the, the, the transparency, the being humble. It all matters because as quick as you can get it, it can be taken away just as fast. Mm-hmm. Overnight sometimes. <laughs> it could be taken within a nine to five period, within an eight hour shift. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shoot. And, so I any- hope, and I hope people kind of, t- you know, paid attention to what happened after the whole fan, the fan con thing, because notice what happened to these people um, after the fact. Yes, some people still get a little bit of recognition. They still get a little bit of that rise. But the respect has completely flipped. Mm -hmm. And and that is something I've always looked at. Because somebody was saying, like, they still get to go here. They they still get all these these great things. I'm like, yeah, but they don't have the respect. It is that (laughs) – you'll get this, Nick. It's that moment in in the Music Awards episode on Jim. When Pizzazz walked in with that award, uh-huh. trying to show off to Jim that I got this award, but she don't have the respect and the and that the awe that Jim did doing that concert. Uh-huh. She dropped it and it broke. And that was a moment for me. And Steph, maybe you saw that too. But it was like yeah. that was a moment to me that kind of reminded me of like you can get all these accolades, but if you don't have the respect and the love of the people who got you there, that means nothing. That's very true. And oh, that is true. And why was that award so damn cheap that it broke like that? That was <laughs> <laughs> that just boggled my mind. Oh man, y'all about to make me watch Jim. I mean, I knew I was already gonna watch it anyway today, but now I'm definitely gonna have to queue it back See, up. 
That clay ass heaven. Like, what was it? Pottery? What was it? Terracotta? <laughs> <laughs> like, why is my award made of terracotta? I just need to know. <laughs> really- oh, man. So this this was a, good, a really good episode. So Steph, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you would, please let everybody know where they can find you on this crazy thing called social media. Um, well, I'm most active on Twitter and you can follow me at Steph underscore I underscore Will. And um, unfortunately, no podcast for you to listen to me after you hear me on here, but um, you can uh, read some of my my words and things on uh, Sci-Fi Fangirls is where the majority of everything is. And um, I think I have a link in my bio. But if you just go to the author page, you can see. And (laughs) funny enough, I just thought I was only going to be writing two things for them. And then it just turned into a shit ton of stuff. So you got a lot to read if you go (laughs) check it out. And I would be very appreciative of that. And um Hopefully, uh, by the time you listen to this, there will be a confirmed date on when the Braxton Kickstarter is launching, but it will be launching um, either late April, definitely early May. So please, please be on the lookout for that. I would love for you guys to just, you know, support and to see what we've done with this character. And as always, I just love y'all. So thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. I still listen to Megachine. It is part of my weekly a weekly ritual, um, even though I'm not at that job anymore, I still listen to y'all. And I just want to say thank you all for keeping up the energy and continuing with this space because despite what happened with FanCon and everything else that's been going on in the huge space, it's been nice to see that you all have been a constant because you need it. Yeah. Thank, thank you so you. much. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find us at MechaChainPod.com. You can find me at Porter Pizzazz, Victor's at Waterman 5. You can like, rate, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Megashine Pod. Uh, the website, uh, I don't even know what to say at this point. I'm, I've been bullshitting and bullshitting about this motherfucking website. I'm going to get my life together one day, y'all, and give y'all what y'all need. So maybe not today. But maybe tomorrow. We're going to go. I'm going to get that together. Yeah, I need to be writing articles. It's hard to write articles. It used to be so easy now, but it's it's hard. A paragraph, and I'm done for the rest of the day. <laughs> I, can I can write a script, but I it's hard to write an article now. And it's it never back in the day of blogging, it was easy, but now I don't know what it is. It's interesting. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I'm tired right now just for thinking about it. Yeah, I got something I gotta finish when I get off the call with y'all, and it's like two thirds of the way done because I took a break after I wrote three paragraphs, and I said, "Huh, let me watch Aquaman," and then <laughs> I didn't. <know. laughs> yeah, sometimes you need to do that though, especially like when you're writing like scripts, especially writing comic scripts, because you get so caught up, you have to, and then you have to remember. Mm-hmm action scene so i was to be like let me just stop run to the store and then come back and then i'll probably be able to get into it (laughs) right it's real Mm -hmm. so if there's nothing else let's get up on out of here and we will catch y'all next time all right bye and bye